Hello and and welcome to Dear Nikki podcast, where I do my best to answer all of your questions related to user research, whether it be difficult situations, managing colleagues, figuring out your career, and everything in between. I am so happy you're here. It's weird. I don't. I'm recording on a different platform, so I'm recording directly on Substack. So I don't have my jingle anymore. <laughs> No more jingle, no more automatic intro. So it might be different every time. Let's see. Maybe I'll get into a trend and a pattern. But for today, I actually wanted to talk about something that I have been seeing, like everybody else has been seeing, rather than answering a question in particular, because I've also received a few questions about this topic and I'm blending them all into one <laughs> and going to talk about this particular topic because it's just been coming up a lot and I feel like it's important to talk about. So we're going to dive in to today's topic and next week I will be answering a more specific question, which I'm very excited about answering. So Today, we are going to talk about what everybody else has been talking about, which feels like for the past five years, tech and product layoffs. Yay. Exciting. More so, what we're going to talk about is how it feels as though user research is disproportionately being laid off or disproportionately impacted as well as a few things that I've been seeing on LinkedIn and maybe some things that we can think about, not necessarily to make sure that we're not laid off or to, you know, be recession proof or to you know, do all of these things that aren't necessarily guaranteed. I wish I could record a podcast episode all about how you can make sure you won't get laid off, but I mean... <laughs> It's impossible to do so because there are a number of reasons why people are getting laid off, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about this topic today and try and make it a little bit less scary or at least maybe open it up for the conversation because what I see a lot of on LinkedIn in particular and LinkedIn is my main social media. I don't I have an Instagram, but I never use it. I was I was into making memes at one point and then I was like, nah, never mind. <laughs> I don't like this anymore. So Instagram is my main social media. I didn't get on thread or threads or whatever it's called. I'm not really on Twitter at all. So I see a lot of LinkedIn. So I'm gonna focus primarily on that when I'm talking about what I'm seeing. But it is a lot of fear. It's a lot of blame. It's a lot of why aren't we valuable? It's a lot of why can't other people see our value? It is not a fun place to be, to be honest. And it's hard to see and read the posts on LinkedIn because LinkedIn, at least when I years ago when I started on LinkedIn or what I had kind of hoped LinkedIn would be, was more of a a network to share information with other people, right? Not really to go into the influencer space, right? but there are now 
I call I call them linked influencers. I feel very, very clever with that. But they're not now influencers. And I, I'm going to be completely transparent. I once took a course on how to write LinkedIn content in a way that resonated with people, right? So, and I, as, as somebody owning my business, I have to sell on LinkedIn or somewhere. Uh, so it is, it is interesting to, to see what LinkedIn, how LinkedIn has changed, because I think that there are, is a lot of content on LinkedIn that isn't necessarily the best content, but that's for a separate episode. But what I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of fear. So there have been many, many posts on how user research is being impacted by these layoffs more than any other role. And the thing is, is we can't know that for sure. Now, I know that user researchers make up a smaller percentage of the product and tech industry than, let's say, engineering, right? Let's say product management, right? We make up a smaller percentage because there are fewer employed user researchers than there are product managers, engineers, designers even, right? Oftentimes when you talk to user researchers, they're like, yeah, I'm a user research team of one with like a bunch of different people <laughs> on my team. I have, you know, six product managers, six designers. I have, there are a hundred engineers that I'm talking to. So we do make up less of a percentage of the space. But what I will say is that we get, can get stuck in an echo chamber, and I believe that LinkedIn has that impact where a lot of researchers are following other researchers, which means that we are seeing researchers getting laid off, right? Our posts that we're seeing or that are getting shared to us are by user researchers who are getting laid off rather than engineers who are getting laid off, right? But I do, and I've heard a lot recently from anecdotally from other people outside of the user research industry that a lot of engineers are also getting impacted. A lot of product managers are getting impacted. A lot of people from marketing, from customer support, from design as well, from, I don't know if I said product, right? Recruitment is also getting, getting laid off. You know, you see sales as well, marketing. So there are a lot of different functions that are as well getting impacted because what is happening is as usual with the economy, with product and tech, we expand, we contract, we expand, we contract, we expand, we contract. That is something that is inherent in our industry and within product and tech as well as the economy, right? So it can feel as though research is being impacted above all else, right? That research is automatically getting axed because we are not part of that golden triad, right, of, of product design engineer, right? We are not part of that of that triangle, that core triangle that is absolutely necessary to push things forward. I'm putting things in air quotes, which you can't see. But the thing is, is everybody is getting impacted by this. No one is safe, right? Oh, again, air quotes. Everybody can get impacted. There are teams that axed their user research team right away. You know, gone, bye, done. There are also teams where the user research or organizations where the user research team wasn't impacted at all, right? Other people were. And I think that, I think that what we need to remember is that during a time of layoffs, our layoff season, right? 
everybody has the potential to be impacted. And I think that will help us because what is coming out of this, right, is people are here saying research is being impacted unfairly. We are getting laid off. Nobody cares about research. Nobody understands the value of research. Nobody loves research like I do. Nobody understands that you need researchers. How are you going to move your product forward? All valid, all completely valid questions that, to be completely honest, even during layoff season should be asked because (laughs) a lot of times people make decisions without research and as a researcher, biased. I am a firm believer that research helps make better decisions, right? But we are the not the only ones that are being impacted by this. And I think by taking a step back, it can actually help us because we are also looking over our shoulders thinking about, oh, but we have AI, we have ChatGPT who are synthetic users. They're taking our jobs. We have democratization taking our jobs. Nobody cares about research. It goes it goes back into that cycle. Nobody values research. We're not valuable. We're not impactful, et cetera. And I think that what happens here is this stirs up a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, a lot of anger, Right. So what's happening is that we are blaming, and I say we collectively, like as as researchers, what I've seen is that we have been blaming, you know, democratization. We've been blaming AI. We've been blaming layoffs, right? And what we're saying is like people don't, don't appreciate research for what it is and then we're also blaming ourselves and saying, well, we're not impactful as user researchers. What's happening? Right. So we're going through this kind of weird cycle of unblaming democratization and AI. I'm also blaming myself for not being good enough at whatever it is I'm meant to be good enough at. I'm I'm not doing something right. So we're sitting in this horrible space of anger, of anxiety, of fear, where it's a blame game both externally and internally because the number of posts that I've seen being against ChatGPT and AI, which again, I have a podcast episode all about that and I believe that AI is not meant for taking over user research, right? There are other uses for AI that could actually help us, you know, but we're, we're there saying, oh, this is this is bad, we're blaming this, and then blaming ourselves. And we're not actually responding in a way that uh I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but in a way that empathetic researchers might respond to a challenge. Because it is a challenging time, but we have to remember it's a challenging time for everyone. So imagine that you are a product manager at an organization and your research team, the team that you are working with, just got slashed completely from the company. You're going to need democratization. You're going to probably need AI or something. You're going to need something. And you're grasping at something. You're like, okay, I'll do research. Not going to be pretty but I'll do research. How do I democratize? How do I ask questions, right? Because I don't want to be laid off either as a product manager who's now put in this position, right? So we are 
we are all, even if we're not directly laid off, we are all getting impacted. So one thing that I can say for sure is that I was laid off uh, quite a few years ago. And I remember that I was the one and only user researcher. I, I had had a junior researcher working under me, but it was relatively new. And some of the designers that I worked with were capable in research as well, but quite a few people were laid off who could also do research. And I remember talking to some of my ex-colleagues and they were freaking out because they said, what are we supposed to do now? How are we supposed to respond? We're going to get laid off because we have no idea what we're doing, right? Now we're just trying to create features or trying to do scramble together what we can and it's a mess, right? And actually a lot of people left that company in, in, in wake of the layoffs because it was chaos. And so I think what I'm trying to say here is how might we, (laughs) here we go, how might we as researchers, right, approach this challenge as challenging as it is? And I know that this is not something that's easy to say And for people who are laid off and being impacted directly by layoffs, this is not an easy thing to do, right? How might we respond to this challenge of what research is right now in a curious, empathetic, and open-minded way, right? And I know, again, I know that that's very hard. I'm not laid off right now. I own my own business. But if you can imagine, I'm taking a huge hit as well, (laughs) because people aren't paying for things like they used to. So I'm also, well, to be fair, I responded with a lot of fear and anxiety in the past few months or the past months and still continuing with quite a lot of fear uh, and anxiety moving forward because I as well have a business that I have to sustain and in order to keep my visa, right? So I know it's not easy to have this question because we want to respond in times of fear and anxiety. We want to respond in that way because it's very tangible and everybody else is kind of echoing on top of each other. And it's, why doesn't anybody value research? Why aren't we valuable? And I've seen terrible posts on of just people ripping themselves apart. You know, why isn't user research valuable? And like, why can't I be good at user research? Why don't I know anything? Like just all of these things that are just so terrible to watch and see, right? And I'm I'm wondering how might we respond to this challenge of where user research is right now, where the tech and product field is right now, right? How might we approach this with an open, empathetic, and curious mindset? And some things that I'm thinking are things like, what are some ways that we can continue on with supporting people in our within our teams, right? So how can we help them help us, right? So becoming more business focused, that's the number one piece of advice out there right now. And I have an article on pirate metrics. 
So how to use user research with the pirate metrics that talk a lot about how to get a bit more business focused with your research, right? Using concrete business metrics that are very, very popular with pretty much any business B2B, B2C. The pirate metrics are the most important ones. So how to use those in your research, right? So becoming more business focused and making sure that we're supporting the business as well as our users, right? Because I think user research really needs to come to this overlap of, yes, the user experience is extremely important and needs and goals and pain points of users are going to make it so that we're creating products, features, or services that our users need, thus use, thus pay for, thus revenue generating, right? But we have to still keep that in our mind that the business needs to be supported as well. So how do we help the business with their strategy, with user research? You know, how do we understand what metrics are super important and what we need to push for to make the business comfortable and successful as well, right? And a lot of that comes down to revenue. For such a long time, I was like, oh, I don't care about revenue. I just care about the user. Well, you know what? If the business isn't generating revenue, I'm not going to have to care about anything besides the fact that I don't have a job. So it's it's it is very important for us to still keep that business in mind. And so I do really, really, really recommend t- checking out my article on on the pirate metrics. It's it's my free free monthly article so that you can see how you can help the business grow alongside making sure the user experience and users' needs, goals, and pain points are met, right? And I also think that something that we can look at is there are a lot of industries, you know, outside of tech and product that also need research, right? So we have the mental health field, we have health health tech, we have ed tech, you know, we have government, we have a whole slew of different industries outside of just like product and tech that could use help from researchers, right? So we don't have to go towards only these few digital products and these few companies. We can really expand and see if somebody else outside of the tech and product industry needs our support. So I think that this is actually a really great opportunity for us to try new things and maybe bring user research into areas where it wasn't before to see how we can impact those different industries, right? We don't necessarily need to work within the product and tech field or industry. We can we can go outside of that and see where else we can help. So for instance, Digital Jersey and the government of Jersey is doing a digital kind of, I don't know, transformation, let's say, which is the scariest word (laughs) in, in product. They're doing a big push for digitizing the experience of using government services on Jersey, right? They're not in product or tech. They're a government company right? But they are trying to digitize. And somebody reached out to me about that, about digitizing actually energy consumption and uh, showing people their energy savings and their energy costs and what the government is doing about all of this stuff. So there are industries out there that might 
really need our expertise and we can help find those different opportunities, right? There's nothing wrong with reaching out to your local government charities in the area, um, any any sort of, you know, maybe there's something at, the, at a local school that needs help, you know? Um, so I think that we can, we can try and broaden the industries that we work in too, because I've, I've seen user research do really great things in like the mental health space, the health space, the education space, government space. And so I think it's actually a great um, – I'm not all for toxic positivity, I promise. I'm not all for the silver lining, but I think that this could be a good move for user research to expand its impact, right? So that is something that I think we should also highly consider. And as well, this whole blame game, I guess, both externally and internally. So – Externally, looking at AI, looking at democratization, I think as well, considering these how might we's of how might we make these things work with us, right? How might we use chat GPT for the good? There are good things that we could use AI for to speed up places in our job or different areas of our of our job and day to day that we don't want to be spending time on that we shouldn't be spending time on. So something that I did is I you know turned away from AI right away and I said this is dumb, I hate it, this is stupid, but it was from fear. I didn't want something to take over user research, right? And then it's more like okay, <laughs> we're in it. It's getting a little bit less sparkly. I think people are kind of over it, which always happens, right? Something new and sparkly comes out and we're like, ah, this is this is amazing. Look at all these posts. And then people inevitably get sick of it because that's what life is like, right? But I think it's instead saying, okay, ChatGPT is here. My team wants to use AI. How might we how might we use this beneficially for everybody involved? right? What are some ways we could actually use this? And one thing that I will say is if your team wants to use it, let's say to generate a persona, right? Which is going to fail. Try it. Try it and show them why we should not do that. Because as kids, right? We do bad things, bad. You know, we do the wrong thing. We do stupid things. And an adult says, no, we, you can't do that. No, we shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. And as a kid, we say, why? Why, 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 why? We want, to, we want to understand why. Inherently, we want to understand why. So by as a researcher, whenever I used to do this and I just said, no, we shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't do this. No, that, no to that. No to this. No to that. No to this. No to everything. That doesn't make sense to me, right? I didn't explain why. And people then said, well, okay, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> right? And I think that it's important for people to understand if you're saying, hey, this isn't the best use of this tool, can you demonstrate why? Can you show them why? Or at least explain why, you know, so that they understand. That's the empathy part, I think. And then in terms of democratization, right, 
I have a lot of feelings about democratization. There, democratization is a really tough one. I understand. Mm, do I? <laughs> I understand the. I understand the origins of democratization, but I think that it's what we set out to do when we thought about democratization is very different from where we are now. Just like, you know, maybe the founding fathers created the constitution in a very different place than where we are right now, right? Just like literally everything, you know, people who created something back then, everything evolves and now we're in a different space and we need to continue to evolve the conversation. But I think that I, I, I just don't know if if democratization should be a debate anymore. I think what needs to happen is there needs to be some sort of some sort of agreement and standardization of democratization rather than debating whether or not it's good, right? Because I don't think that annihilating democratization is actually going to be helpful because in its origins, democratization had a point, right? It was to help spread user research and actually help people get to be part of the user research that was being done outside of the user researcher. So democratization was more created as, hey, come and watch. Hey, come and be part of this. Hey, come and be part of the synthesis. Hey, take notes for me, right? Hey, do synthesis. Let's do synthesis together. Like democratization was was more of collaboration actually. At least that's what I have learned from the research that I've done on on more early day democratization. It was meant as a collaboration tool rather than a you go and do this kind of thing <laughs> without any training. So again, I think we need to say as researchers, how might we kind of end this debate? Because what's the point of going back and forth on this? Why, why, why? Are we saying, yes, no, maybe, yes, no, maybe, no, this is dumb. This takes away from our craft, which I'm not saying that it doesn't, but so what are we going to do? And I think that instead we should do a giant how might we of how might we make democratization work for everybody? How might we make ChatGPT work for everybody, right? How might we make research work for everybody? And then for the internal blame game, which I've seen a lot of. I think that a lot of people are questioning the value of user research in general and the value that they can bring as a user researcher. I've seen some some pieces on, you know, user researchers going into different fields like product management to gain more power, which is not really going to work because product managers should not and by and large do not hold all of the power. <laughs> My husband will tell you that. He's been a product manager for a very, very long time. And he always says, you get all of the accountability and none of the credit. So yeah, I, I think that if you are concerned about your value as a user researcher, one thing that I would recommend doing and you're and you're currently at an organization is well there are two things 
that I recommend doing. The first thing is starting to track your track your impact on a weekly, month, bi-weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, basis. So going through all of the impact that you have gathered and all of the impact you've had on your organization in the past, I did it every month, right? And write that all down because it can get lost. And again, just as a reminder, I have a podcast episode on this. Impact does not just have to be, oh, we increased the conversion rate by 5% on this product, right? It can be that you made the recruitment process faster. It can mean that you increase stakeholder satisfaction in your reports. It can mean that uh, you're, you're present, uh, several people made really great comments about your presentation and how they're going to use it, right? That somebody brought up your persona and used it in their roadmap. That you know you came up with five new tools to try for transcription. You know there are so many ways for you to generate impact. So don't only think about the product. Think about your own process and how research works at your organization because you can also find a lot of impact there. And I think that tracking your impact and whatever cadence works best for you, but I I do recommend doing it more frequently than quarterly, so month over month, can help you see the impact that you have on an organization, right? Because sometimes what happens is we do these projects and we get a pat on the back, but then we're running to the next thing and we forget. At least that's something that I'm very good at. I could accomplish something great. I could I could publish a book and say, yeah, I published the book. And then the next day I'm thinking that I'm not doing enough, right? So it's, it's something that we can caught up, get caught up in, especially if we are juggling a lot of work. So I think tracking your impact continuously is really important. And the second thing that I would recommend doing is talk to your stakeholders, talk to your colleagues, do informal stakeholder interviews where you understand what they are trying to accomplish and how you can support them. Because as user researchers, the impact that we have is as a support role. You know, as, as we've said many times, we're not the people making the decisions. We're not necessarily even people that are making recommendations, right? We are supporting people's decision-making, We are supporting people in making better recommendations and making better decisions and making better experiences and making better products. We are not the ones who are actually doing those things. And so as a support system, we need to understand that we are that support system and we can't can't really get mad at that, right? Like if we do get mad at that, then we need to find a way to to mitigate that or move on to a different role or figure out how to how how to become more part of decision making but again like user researcher uh, user researchers and user research it's a supportive role so instead of trying to force people to make certain decisions or instead of saying, well, why can't we be the decision makers? Because we aren't. How might we help people as a support role? How might we help people make better decisions, make better experiences, make better products, 
right? So how might we support people better? And the best way that I've seen, so whenever I've been lacking impact at an organization, it was usually because I didn't understand what my teams were trying to accomplish. And therefore the things that I was doing, the things that I was, the studies that I was running, the work that I did had no real connection or correlation with what they were trying to accomplish. I was kind of doing the things that I thought was best, thought were best, right? So I was taking ideas from from my brain of, well, the user is struggling with this, so of course we should do this, you know, rather than saying, okay, what are we trying to accomplish as a team? What is it that we need to do? What decisions are we trying to make that we need more support in? Because that's where I can shine because I can come in and say, oh, you don't know this. Oh, you have this, this, and this knowledge gap. Let me fill those for you. And then I can say, hey, look, this is where I directly help people because I filled in this information. We were able to make better decisions. We were able to make better products. We were able to make improvements that then lifted conversion, right? So I think really viewing ourselves as that support role can be really helpful in understanding where we can make the best impact. Because as a support system, if we don't understand what we're trying to support, how can we impact anything? And so if you are feeling like you're not generating impact, I would really, really, really recommend talking to your colleagues, your stakeholders, and understanding how you can support them. And that doesn't mean that you have to be completely reactive to what they say. You can you can listen to what they say and be proactive about the research that you could do to help support them, right? And again, tracking your impact over time because I think we can forget very fast that we have impact because we're on to the next. This was a tough podcast episode. It's not easy. It's not it's not an easy time. And I think everybody's going through it. Everybody's scared. Everybody's anxious. Everybody's trying to figure out what to do. But it will expand again. It will. Things will get better. They always do. And I think that in the meantime, the best thing that we could do is turn away from that fear and anger as much as we possibly can turn away from the blaming turn away from you know saying well it's only research because it isn't everybody's getting impacted either directly or indirectly so turning away from that and saying okay how might we how might we figure this out how might we approach this challenge with that open curious and empathetic mindset Right? as much as we possibly can collectively. Because debating democratization, debating ChatGPT, saying that we're not valuable, saying that we're not worth anything, jumping ship to another role that also probably won't be fulfilling, right? Especially, I, it's it's very interesting to me to, to read that because to me, user researchers are a particular breed, right? We're, we're a particular kind of or set of people, right? And it's it's just so funny because my my husband, I said to my husband, I could never be a product manager. And he said to me, I could never be a user researcher. And I'm not saying that we can't switch and go into different roles and everything, but I think we need to go into different roles with maybe an, a more, a deeper intent 
because it would be more interesting for us to figure out why this is not working right now and how how we can come together to make it work, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. This week is a tough one. It's hard to articulate thoughts on this. I also don't want to offend people, you know, because again, I do know that it's a hard time. I I I I get it. It's it it is a scary time and again, I I have in, for the past, you know, 2 months or so, 3 months even, have responded within my business with a lot of fear too and made some stupid silly decisions and <laughs> took them back and it's it is scary but i think as much as we can how how can we come together to to figure this out and how can we how can we approach this challenge with less fear you know and and more empathy towards ourselves and towards others so Oh, I would love to continue this conversation with anybody who's interested. So please feel free to comment. <laughs> Let me know what you think. And yeah, hopefully we can we can mitigate this. We can figure it out. But anyways, I'm not going to wax philosophical because I don't have a time limit anymore. So <laughs> We got we to gotta be careful. But anyways, I hope that you enjoyed listening. I hope that if anything, this maybe brought a little bit of hope, maybe brought some things up that you can think about and consider. Maybe it is a different way of looking at things, a different perspective. Maybe we can shift the narrative a little bit. But by and large, I hope that it did help with just mitigating some of the fear and anger that is so present right now. And as as a field of user researchers, even broader as an industry of tech and product, I really hope that we can come together to to understand this a little bit better and and work together because it is a team sport, right? Building products, building services, it's a team sport, right? We all need each other to succeed. So anywho, thank you so much for listening and I hope you tune in for next week's episode. I'll talk to you soon.